Good evening. Good to see those who are here in person. Glad to have you with us there online. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, any of those social media platforms, be sure to heart, to like, to share, retweet, uh, do there on Facebook, follow us. Uh, on YouTube, subscribe to us, uh, do all those things, comment especially. Uh, tonight's our time to go over a prayer list, so if you've got any prayer requests, be sure to comment there on Facebook. That's the only place that we'll be watching live. I'm watching on my phone right now so that I can get those uh, comments when we get to prayer time. So go ahead and make those comments now so they'll already be there by the time, because there is just a few seconds delay there. Uh, on those platforms. And welcome to those who are listening on our phone live streaming also. If you need that number, uh, call the church office. We'll be glad to give that to you. If you need it in person here tonight, I'll be glad to share that with you after the service. If you have access to the church, to the church website, highlandbaptistchurch.com, uh, go under the info tab there. You can download this week's worship bulletin. You can download the children's worship bulletins. You can send those to who anybody, anybody you want. You can use them as an outreach, just sharing those with your friends, uh, saying, hey, come to church, join us uh, this Sunday. Uh, so I encourage you to take the time to do that. I have here in my hand the prayer list, and that's the only way you get one of these tonight. Uh, we did not get these on our website today, so if you're searching for it, you'll find last week's, uh, but you won't, or two weeks ago rather, uh, you won't find the one from this week. That'll go up on the website first thing tomorrow morning, uh, so you can get that downloaded tomorrow morning. But sh we'll go through the entire prayer list uh, tonight. So if you need one of these in person, this is uh, tonight. Uh, there are on the front pews. If somebody comes in late, be sure to make sure they get one. And then also, if you're there on the church website, go to the far right-hand side. You can click the Give Online tab to your online giving. Uh, the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering is coming up. We're going to be beginning to emphasize that this coming Sunday uh, for an entire week through the next Sunday. So I want to encourage you to be praying about giving uh, towards our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Uh, that goes to support our international missionaries all around the world. Uh, and it goes directly to the harvest field there. It doesn't go to any of the overhead costs for that. Uh, that's done through our cooperative program giving uh, that we give every Sunday that goes towards missionaries as well as the missionary support uh, for them being able to stay on the field. And then just want to remind you also uh, tonight, uh, begins at South Jackson, the trees of Christmas. We have a tree from Highland there. I believe we're the only church that has one there. So, um, from what they were, what they had told us. So, but there's a ton of trees there. I want to encourage you to go and see those, see our tree, look for our tree. There are some free gifts that are there for people who go uh, to our tree on a little stand there with our tree. So I encourage you to pick up one of those if you get to go. And then this Friday is parade night. Uh, if you're interested in walking with us and handing out things, uh, we're putting together some bags that have a track in it, the gospel story, the Christmas story, uh, these little tracks about our Christmas program, uh, and then also a pack of hot chocolate. Uh, so we've got people who volunteered to help us to get those packed. That's already uh, underway and almost halfway done. Uh, we've got some other things we're still working on the float. If you want to help us with that, see me tonight after church. Send me a message uh, through Facebook or through our church email at highlandbaptisttullahoma at gmail.com. That's the one I'll have access to there too, uh, as well as Miss Amy. Uh, that you can get me that information if you want to help with that. But if you just want to walk and help hand out those things, if you've got kids, they want to be a part of the float. Uh, we've already sent out a message earlier this week. So just a reminder, uh, five, uh, sorry, six o'clock is when we need the kids there. Uh, we'll be being judged at 530. And so um, just wanted to remind you of that if you have kids want to be, they need to be there at six. It'll be where we'll stage this year is not where we've staged before. Uh, so it won't be on Jackson Street. We'll be up by the school, behind the high school is where our number will be. So I think it's 1 through 30. We'll be on the street in front of the high school, and then we'll wrap into the high school there. We're number 44, so find us there, join us there, and you can walk with us there. Uh, we've got lots of work to do that night and a lot of work to do before we get to there. So just wanted to share all those things, Brother Mike. Hymn 405, Have Faith in God. Ms. Pat. Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have tried. Now 
Thank you, Brother Mike. Thank you, Miss Pat. Hopefully, um, you've got yours here in person tonight. Just a reminder, if you joined us after we started, uh, the prayer list is not online tonight, so uh, you'll get it tomorrow morning. Uh, but if you have one of the previous ones, you'll have a lot of the names uh, that are on there, as some of these are long-term. Uh, so you'll find out some uh, new ones tonight that you may want to jot down on your old prayer list. Uh, so that you'll be able to pray through those till you're able to get that downloaded tomorrow. So we're going to begin and start with the Highland Baptist Church family side. Uh, again, be reminded, if you need to make a prayer request, do that on Facebook there. Uh, let us know what that request is, and that way we can get that out before we uh, end with our time of prayer. But if you should get it out there after that, uh, we'll check at the end of the service to make sure that we don't have any extras that are there. So on the Highland Baptist Church family side, we have Carolyn and S.W. Stone, and we'll just ask if there's any updates. If you do, stop me, um, and we'll, we'll continue on. I'll share anything that I know of any uh, of the ones as we go down the list. Vicki Boswell, Mike Durham, Arthur Hargrove, Rosalie Moore, she had her 101st birthday this past week, and that's so awesome. Uh, from everything I saw on social media there, she had a great birthday with family, and so we just praise the Lord for that. Uh, keep her in your prayers, 101, <laughs> so, uh, and keep that family uh, in your prayers. Uh, we also have Myra Watson. Uh, Myra still has some ongoing things there, so continue to remember her in your prayers. Uh, Ken Adcock and Donna Adcock. We don't have any update on them. Uh, he has some medical issues. She has breast cancer. Uh, Betsy Farrell. David Hess. I uh, know he's supposed to have been going through his treatments. Miss Pat stepped out, but uh, he's supposed to be going through his uh, things that he's got to go through over the next uh, couple of months here. Uh, but do remember Jim Hess also as he's traveling and not able to be there uh, all the time with David. Uh, George Duncan. Leona Ross. I know, do know that she's recovering at home, and this is up in Michigan, so uh, keep her in your prayers. Mark Raymond. 
and Miss Sandra Wells. I noticed Miss Sandra is there with us on Facebook too, so welcome, Miss Sandra. Uh, Jewel Farrell. I know she still has her issues and they still haven't been able to figure out what's going on there the last I spoke to her too. Uh, Bill Warren, uh, you'll notice we've changed that. He does not have cancer, but still has some other medical issues there, so we want, we're keeping him on the prayer list for that. Uh, we know that Rick German had delayed his surgery to December, but I don't know any date. Have you seen any? Okay. Uh, Linda Hawker-Smith usually keeps us up on that, so if she does let us know that, we'll let you know Sunday if there's any uh, date that's been set for his surgery. Brother Jack's here with us. How are you doing? Okay, so they took some more blood today. Won't know for a few more weeks uh, what that shows. So do keep him in your prayers with his issues that are going on. Uh, remember Brian Tate? He has some ongoing medical issues too. Uh, Tony Rogers, he had surgery uh, and on his back. He's doing great. Was here Sunday and <laughs> uh, was able to walk with a walker. It's amazing that he was out, but they said that's the best treatment that he can do is get to walk in as much as possible. So uh, we're glad that that Tony's recovering, but he's at home recovering still from surgery. Jimmy Marlowe is still recovering from his surgery. It went well uh, also, and so keep him uh, in your prayers. Robert Everett, it says surgery. He has knee surgery coming up uh, this coming Monday. He's going to have double knee replacement surgery, and so we especially want to uplift him in prayer for that on Monday. Yeah, so uh, those of you that may have gone through that before, you know what that is, and then double. So. Uh, and then Michelle Olson, uh, she's doing better, but still having to uh, use oxygen uh, and such too, so keep her uh, in your prayers with that. Uh, and that also reminds me, I forgot an announcement earlier about Primetimers. Primetimers is going to be coming up soon. It's not on December 1st, as you may have seen on that little thing that was scrolling on your screen when we first started. Uh, it's actually going to be on December the 12th. This is going to be our Christmas program, so we want to encourage you to come. Uh, we're doing gifts, right? Gift under $10 or something, something like that? Yeah, so bring a gift, $10 or something like that, or under? Okay. Okay, so Jewel is doing all the desserts, so don't bring any desserts. We'll have more than enough desserts with Jewel. Uh, bring all your other finger foods uh, to go with that, little sandwiches and different things. Uh, bring those things for uh, December the 12th uh, for our Christmas Primetimers group meeting. Um, any others on the Highland Baptist Church family part? All right, let's go ahead and go over to the friends and family side, if you would. Mike Hauser, who has melanoma. Katie Jo Bailey. I have not heard the latest updates on her. Sarah Jernigan, who is Sherry Jernigan's sister. Uh, she is still, uh, in, as far as I know, the situation has not changed there in Chattanooga uh, at the hospital there or in a facility there. She's uh, been in an induced coma uh, for several years, a couple of years now, uh, but just continue to pray for her uh, with her situation that she's going through. Uh, Amanda Harris, who is Mark Smith's niece, uh, who has breast cancer. Greg Renfro, uh, I need to get with Bell on that one to make sure he's still waiting on his kidney transplant. And that, that's not happened yet. Hoyt Farrell. Okay, so he's doing as well as can be expected, so we praise the Lord for that. But uh, he is in um, a facility over in a uh, nursing home over in uh, Manchester. Um, also remember Buddy Saunders, uh, Charles Saunders' brother. He continues to have some medical issues. I talked with Charles a, a couple of weeks ago, and he gave me that update that he still uh, has those issues, so keep him in your prayers. The people of Ukraine and, and all the unrest that's going on around the world, pray for the people of Israel, pray for the people in Gaza, uh, who have been hurting, and so just pray for uh, peace uh, across our world. Um, also want to remember Mamie Thompson. Uh, she's usually one of our ones that we used to have on our nursing home list, assisted living list. Uh, that's Amy Raymond's mother, uh, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, she's in her own apartment now, but still continues to need our prayers. Uh, then we have Ryan Bond. 
Okay, so no update on Ryan. He has cancer. Uh, Rhonda Morris, uh, she's still having pain and stuff, but doing better uh, as far as the cancer issues and stuff, So, but just still in some pain from the things that she still has to ongo with that. She's one of our CDC preschool teachers. Uh, pray for our Calgary Mission Partnership. We've not done a lot with that from our church uh, recently, but that is still ongoing. Uh, we had uh, some teams that went this past summer, uh, and the amount of kids that they were able to minister to was, I almost want to say it was close to three times the amount of kids that we did the first year uh, that we went up. And so uh, just a wonderful outreach. They are going again this coming summer. They've got at least two teams that are going to be going uh, through our association. So if you might be interested, let me know. Uh, we'll get you plugged in to one of those teams, and they may open it up to do a third team uh, to go. So Brother Mark Puckett is going to continue leading those things for us with our trips there. Brother Matt has asked him to stay on to help in that capacity and helping to organize those trips. So uh, remember our partnership with Calgary. Uh, Lisa Pitts, who has medical issues. This is Linda Smith's sister. And then Herb Taylor, who has cancer. This one was from Mark Smith, a request there. Miss Melissa Shuren, uh, she continues to have back issues and a few other things going on too. She's one of our substitute CDC teachers. You might remember her from years ago uh, with the CDC also. Uh, so just keep her in your prayer. She is here ever so often uh, to fill in as a substitute. So she's asked if we would pray for her. Remember Tammy Sparkman who had bone cancer. She's the granddaughter of Leona Ross and I've not heard any update on her. Debbie Pancratus. Uh, and her family. Um, this is one from uh, Lauren Lee that she's asked prayer for. Uh, she has cancer. And then Bill Hargrove, who is Ann Smith's father, he is doing better, but still has some issues that will continue to go on from uh, his heart issues and other things, so keep him uh, in your prayers. I Yvonne Ortiz, Brian Tate asked us to add her to the list, so keep her in your prayers. Christine Cranford, uh, this is Patricia Durham's mother, uh, and w what I heard, I did not get to talk to Patricia today, but she stopped by the office today, and Miss Amy uh, had talked with her and had prayer with her. Her mom is not doing well uh, with her situation, so just keep her uh, in your prayers with her cancer, her skin cancer that's back, her melanoma. So, um, Janie Town, do we know, we don't know anything there? Either. Okay, so Janie Town, who's in the nursing home, this is sister of Donna Agcock, uh, and then also Charles Blevins, Terry Parrish, who's the sister of Donna Agcock, Kim Tucker, Stan Smith had asked us to add her. She has cancer. She, I believe she's in the school system down in Franklin County. Uh, Wilbur Warren, who is Bill Warren's brother, who will also have some ongoing COPD issues. Uh, Charles Miller, uh, this is Matt, uh, Pastor Matt's uh, uncle. Uh, he's scheduled for triple bypass. He has kidney infection, UTI, so keep him in your prayers. And then Linda Ray, and we put Doug a little bit further uh, down uh, on the list there, but they're, they're both together with some medical issues. He's recovering from surgery. Uh, Laura Hendricks, who's going through cancer treatments. This is the daughter of Becky Moffat, and she still continues to go through those things. And Becky wasn't here Sunday, wasn't feeling well, so keep her in your prayers too. Uh, Sandy McKinney, uh, who has some medical issues, uh, family medical issues. Uh, this is a request from Judy Stockdale. And then Dee Dee Henderson, she is in the hospital in Dothan, Alabama, at Flowers Hospital there. Uh, is not able to have any visitors there. Uh, she had some things that she kept throwing up that was black like coffee grounds almost uh, and they were able to get a tube down her to pump some of that off of her the other day but um, the situation does not look good there uh, they said that uh, her liver is not uh, bringing the nutrients back into her body and so uh, just keep her especially in your prayer keep that whole family uh, in your prayer Dee Dee is the sister of Tommy Griffin and is the in-law of the Hendersons there. Uh, and so um, keep them all in your prayers. And we've already mentioned Doug Ray uh, before there, and then Teresa Seaborn, uh, which is one that we mentioned. She passed away. Okay.
All right, so keep that family in your prayer for Teresa Seaborn. Any others on the friends and family? Any other additions you want to make? All right, in the nursing home and assisted living, we have Mary Campbell at NHC, Peggy Eggleston at Life Care, Susie Barton at Morning Point, Miss Bertie Davis at Brookdale. Hopefully she'll be able to be here for our prime timers. She's been able to a few times. Uh, Miss Janet Carter, who faithfully listens on our phone live streaming, so um, I can't see who's listening tonight, but I'm sure she is. Uh, Floyd Prince and Sue Prince, who are both at Morning Point, um, and that is the mother and father of um, Myra Patton, and so keep, the, keep them in your prayers. And then Beverly Daniels, um, I, I assume that's still true, do you know? I haven't heard any more on her rehab, but she was at rehab at Life Care. And then Cindy Jordan had been at NHC also for rehab, and I'm not sure where she's at, if she's able to, been able to get back home. We do want to continue to remember that family in prayer uh, as they'll be having uh, Ken's uh, memorial service this coming Saturday. Uh, not this Saturday. Let me have dates, correct? It'll be the next week. It'll be on the 7th of next week. Uh, and so uh, keep that family in your prayers. Any other prayer, prayer requests you need to add, uh, any online there, be sure to share. I don't see any online there of any requests. All right, well, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get right back into the book of Zechariah uh, as we continue our walk through the Old Testament and these minor prophets. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you tonight. Uh, Lord, we know that you know each and every one of these individuals, and sometimes we need to be updated on where their situation is so we can be able to pray more specifically for them. But Lord, as we come to you in prayer tonight, we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would uh, first forgive us of our sins, bring any sin in our hearts and our lives to, to the light of the truth of who you are. Uh, we know that you are holy, you are righteous, uh, you are also loving and, and gracious and merciful. And so, Father, we come before you in all humility, knowing that we don't deserve anything that you've given to us or shown toward us. But, Father, we ask for forgiveness of our sins, that you would cleanse us and cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, uh, never to be remembered anymore, so that we, Lord, uh, can be able to come before you with a clean heart, not having any hindrance in our prayers with you. So, Father, uh, help us to confess any of those sins, even if it's just the thoughts that we've had. Uh, if it's maybe we didn't do some things we should have done uh, that you've commanded us to do. Father, I pray that you would forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. And Father, we just want to come before you and, and uplift each one of these that we've mentioned by name tonight. Uh, Father, we just pray that you would have your healing hand upon them, your touch upon them. Uh, Lord, some of them we don't know their current situation, so I pray that you will help us to be able to, to discern that soon and to be able to give some updates on some of these. Father, I pray, though, that your, your hand would be with these people, that your spirit... Uh, would surround them and embrace them with your love and your care. Uh, Father, that as you bring healing to their bodies, as some of them still continue to go through the valleys that they're going through, may they know that you are with them. May they sense and feel your power and your presence and your peace uh, in their hearts and in their lives. Father, I pray that you'll make yourself known to them in a powerful way. Lord, remind them that there are those who are praying for them uh, each and every week as we pray through our prayer list. Father, I pray that... It will be an encouragement uh, as they think about that, Father, that they will know and sense and feel the power of those prayers going up on their behalf. Father, we thank you uh, just for the blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for this past week and, and the celebration of Thanksgiving. Uh, Father, as we look forward to and anticipate Christmas coming, Lord, help us not to forget what this season is all about uh, that it's about the birth of Jesus Christ uh, that leads to the, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the message of hope and it's a message of faith. And so, Father, I pray that uh, you will help us to make the most of every opportunity we have around us in this time of year uh, where people are more open to the gospel, uh, to maybe write cards to people, maybe phone, make calls to individuals, uh, to, to participate in some of our outreach events, uh, to be able to share the good news of the gospel with those around us. Father, we just pray that in all these endeavors, uh, through the trees of Christmas, through the Christmas parade and the handouts we'll be giving there, uh, through the, through the uh, angel tree, 
presents and gifts that are going to the, to the Head Start kids, uh, through all of those things, our Christmas program, use all of those things to bring glory and honor to your name and to make your name known to the world around us. So Lord, bless your word tonight as we come to the book of Zechariah again. Father, I pray that it will be powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. May it speak to our hearts. May it be powerful in our lives. And Lord, may your spirit uh, begin, continue to move uh, in our lives. Lord, we've seen already in Zechariah uh, that you've told us that it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's, it's not by our own strength, it's by your spirit. And so, Father, I pray that we will depend upon your spirit more and more each day, especially in the days that we're living in. So, Lord, bless us tonight as we come to your word. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. I will try my best not to look at that clock on the wall back there, but I did not do well on Sunday night, so <laughs> just a warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm watching Facebook over here out of the corner of my eye, and I can see that it's 6.30 right now, so I have 30 minutes uh, to get done through this. There's not a lot that we're going to do here because this is actually point three of last week's message. So you see Zechariah 5, 1 through 11 on the screen. Uh, we're actually, and you may see that in the title of the video you're watching online. Uh, that's okay. We'll get that sorted out. Twitter won't let us do that, but we can on the others. Um, but you'll notice that we're going to get to Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 15. That's our third point. So the, so the big idea here for these uh, two chapters is uh, the, Spirit, the Spirit's power uh, ought to be working in our lives to accomplish what, what we never can in and of our own strength. And so as you're going to see, last week we looked at the first two points uh, and, and this is coming to those last visions. Remember, how many visions? Do you remember how many visions there were? Eight. And we're on the eighth tonight in chapter six. So there's eight visions that Zechariah receives here, uh, or that he receives here to share uh, about what he's seeing here. And we're coming to the eighth one here. We looked at in verse one through verse four of chapter five, uh, we saw the, the power of the Spirit to reveal sin, uh, and, and that that is one of the primary works of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin. But understand in doing that, that's some, one of the places we focus so often on God, that He's always uh, mentioning in the Word about our sin, things we did wrong, things we should have done that we didn't do. But God doesn't leave us there. God loves us too much to leave us in our sin. So He sends the Holy Spirit to bring conviction of our sin so that we'll know that we need a Savior. We need Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we see the second point there, the, sec the, the seventh vision, was about the power of the Spirit to remove sin. So He, he reveals sin and provides the way to remove the sin. And what a wonderful message that is. Uh, so often as you read through the Old Testament and even through the minor prophets, uh, the accusation is that it's, it's all negative. It's all about all the judgment that's coming, judgment after judgment. And there is a lot of judgment that is there, but there is always the message of hope, the message of grace, uh, the message of mercy. And that's what we see in chapter 5, verse 5 through 11, is we see the power of the Spirit to remove sin. And now we come to this third part, the power of the Spirit to renew hope. The power of the Spirit to renew hope. And that's what chapter 6 is doing here. Chapter 6 brings us to the eighth vision. Uh, this vision is going to indicate and show us that God's justice was brought to the wicked nations that have oppressed Israel. And after this last vision, God is going to act in the passages here uh, to give hope to His people. So uh, let's just begin here, and we'll go through some of the verses, uh, beginning with verse 1, uh, and we'll just go down to about verse 8. 
uh, to start with. And then we'll stop and then we'll come back to the, to the part where God begins to work and show uh, his glory and his majesty in verse 9 on down to verse 15. So verse 1 begins, Again I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four chariots came out from between two mountains. And the mountains were mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses. The second, black horses. The third, white horses. Does that sound any familiar to you? You're reading the book of Revelation and it will uh, sound familiar to you. This says there's horses, so there's multiples pulling these chariots. There's white horses, there's red horses, there's black horses. And then the fourth chariot, dappled horses, all of them strong. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said to me, These are going out to the four winds of heaven after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. The chariot with the black horses goes towards the north country. The white one goes after them, and the dappled ones go toward the south country. When the strong horses came out, they were impatient to go and patrol the earth. And he said, go patrol the earth. Uh, so they patrolled the earth. Then he cried to me, behold, those who go toward the north country have set my spirit at rest in the north country. So as we said here, this is that eighth vision, his last vision, and then we'll get into that second half about God acting to give hope to his people. At the beginning here of Zechariah 6, we see these four chariots here coming from two mountains. What are the two mountains that he's talking about there? Uh, the location of these mountains in Judah it doesn't give us. Uh, there's not really much indication there. So uh, they, some have speculated that the use of the definite article, the two mountains, points specifically to Mount Zion and the Mount of Olives. And so if you look at both of those, you ever go there or you uh, look at it on a picture, you'll see that Jerusalem sits up on Mount Zion. Uh, the Mount of Olives is across the Kidron Valley from it. And so there's a valley between. So you've got two mountains uh, in essence there. Uh, it, it's hard to understand why these mountains would be described as being made of bronze, though, uh, because these mountains in Jerusalem are made of limestone. Uh, is it because of the reflection of the light coming through, these, uh, through this valley upon these mountains? We don't know. But the material of the mountains, we do find out, does seem significant. He says in the passage here that they are bronze. Now, bronze is often used in Scripture uh, to give a picture of the sureness and the resoluteness of God's judgment. In other words, you better be sure, judgment is coming. And we understand that for our lives even today. We may not see uh, how things are, are, are meted out with justice in different situations that we see around us today, but judgment is coming, and judgment comes to every person. In fact, the Bible says uh, that after judgment, after the judgment, uh, is, is when you will either spend eternity in hell or you'll spend an eternity in heaven. It tells us in the Bible that it is appointed unto man wants to die, and then what? The judgment. And so we see here that we can understand and know from this passage and what he's receiving in this vision is that God's judgment is sure. God's judgment is resolute. So think about it because you think about the color bronze, uh, the color bronze is used in Exodus 27 and verse 2 uh, with the bronze altar. Uh, in Numbers chapter 21 and verse 9, you remember Moses makes a bronze serpent for the people to look at to become uh, healed from the snake bites that they had received. Both of those things speak of God's judgment on sin. Uh, and also, you think about what Revelation says in Revelation 1 verse 15. Revelation 2, verse 18, uh, Jesus himself is described as having feet of bronze uh, in those two verses uh, as he stands in judgment uh, over his churches. And so here we have uh, these two mountains of bronze. 
you've got these chariots with different colored horses uh, that are coming. So these powerful horses draw these chariots that come from between these two mountains. The, hor the horses, as we've already said, are reminiscent of the ones that are described back in the first vision. So if you go back to Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 8 and verse 9, uh, in that vision, you'll remember, so that was the, the first vision uh, that he received. He said, I saw in the night and behold a man riding on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen and behind him were red, sorrel, and white horses. Then I said, what are these, my Lord? The angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you who, uh, what they are. Uh, and he goes on to, to tell there. In fact, he says in verse 10, uh, of chapter 1, so the man was standing among the myrtle trees answered, these are they whom the Lord has sent to do what? To patrol the earth. Here we see that emphasis again in chapter 6 of these horses patrolling the earth uh, here. And so uh, it's a little bit different in the, in the colors of the horses from the, from the two visions, uh, but these horses are red, black, white, and dappled as we saw. Uh, Walter Kaiser says in his uh, commentary that the horses bear a strong resemblance to the four horsemen uh, of the apocalypse in Revelation 6 in verse 1 through verse 8. And he suggests that the red horse indicates martyrdom, that white stands for victory, that black stands for famine, and the dappled horse symbolizes death. And, and you can see some of that, when, especially when you get to the book of Revelation. Well, when Zechariah asks here, he doesn't get an explanation of everything about them, every detail that we might want to know about those horses. But when he asks what these horses and chariots are, the angel begins to interpret to him and explain to him that these are the four spirits of heaven uh, going out. And so uh, he said in, in verse uh, 5, the angel answered and said to me, these are going out to the four winds uh, of heaven after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. Now you'll remember that the Hebrew word uh, for wind can mean spirit also. We've already seen that earlier in the book of Zechariah like we saw in Zechariah 5 and verse 9. So the context seems to indicate that these are angelic spirits sent from the Lord to go throughout the earth. They're going to the north, they're going to the south, uh, each direction representing enemies that were faced by God's people. Uh, the chariots pulled by the black and the white horses go to the north, referring to Babylon, while the dappled horse uh, travels to the south, which represents Egypt. Uh, and you see that in uh, that description in the south country there in verse 6. Uh, you, you see all of that playing into the events, world events that are going on right now uh, with Egypt, uh, south of Israel there, uh, people trying to flee from Gaza uh, into Egypt. We've seen other, the other things happen, vice versa, the other way coming from Egypt uh, into Gaza. Uh, and so Egypt has always been there in the south. Uh, you've got Syria uh, that's in the north. You've got Turkey in the north and even beyond that uh, as you continue uh, to look in the book of Revelation and see more of that. But there's no specific mention is made of the direction uh, of the red horses. All of the horses and their chariots go out to exert God's control and their sovereignty uh, over the nations. So following these patrols, they're patrolling throughout the world. They're going to come back and give report uh, to God and share, share their reports. Uh, all of these horses, they go out uh, and, and the Lord himself, after they've patrolled, speaks in response to the chariots that have gone out to Babylon in verse 8. And it says, he cried to me. So he's speaking here uh, to, to Zechariah in this vision. And he says to him, behold, those who go toward the north country have set my spirit at rest in the north country. Uh, the emphasis there on my spirit there. And so uh, the report from Babylon uh, pacifies, if you will, God's spirit, puts his spirit to rest. Uh, God had been angry with those oppressive nations. You see, mentions that back in chapter 1 in verse 15. So it's like he's taking some of the things that he spoke about in the first vision, and he's now at the last vision, and he's tying everything back up in a neat little bow, a neat little package, if you will, tying back to those beginning things there. Uh, 
uh, to say that I'm at peace now uh, with what I've seen. I've already brought judgment upon those nations. And so we see his work of judgment has been completed in this vision and his spirit satisfied. Now that hadn't happened yet. This is a vision of what's to come. Uh, and that his spirit will be satisfied through this. So the remainder of Zechariah 6 is a conclusion of all the reports uh, from the chariots because the Lord's wrath was against those nations. So God had already judged his people, but he didn't let those things go unnoticed either. You know, that's one of the things we need to realize in our own lives. You know, sometimes we, uh, we think, well, I keep getting judged or I keep getting punished. I keep seeing God's discipline, but what about them? What, what about what they did? Uh, don't they get in trouble? God sees it all. And everybody will be judged at some point. And that's what he's saying here to the nation of Israel in giving them a message of hope and, and renewing their hope. He's saying, yes, you've been judged. Yes, all this has happened to you. But I've seen what those nations have done. And I used those nations to bring judgment, but they went farther than what I wanted them to go and what I wanted them to do. And so God instructs Zechariah here in verse 9 down through verse 11 uh, to, to do some things uh, as we continue on. So verse 9 says, And the word of the Lord came to me, Take from the exiles Heldai, Tobijah, and Jedi, who have arrived from Babylon, and go the same day to the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Take from them silver and gold and make a crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. So when you look at that picture there, uh, the crown we're fi we find here is made of silver and gold, precious metals uh, that were to come from this small delegation of exiles from Babylon, namely Heldai, Tobijah, and Jedi. The crown is to be an elaborate one, uh, as indicated by the plural of majesty. There are some versions that you'll see, I think Coleman Christian Standard Version, uh, plurals uh, makes the crowns, makes the crowns uh, plural. Uh, it's the majesties uh, that, are, that are plural uh, in our text here. And so Joshua's coronation uh, united the priesthood with the monarchy. While there's no precedent in, in Scripture for a priest to be crowned as a king, the message of the Lord that he gave to Joshua in verses 12 through verse 15 explains the reason behind this coronation. So verse 12 says, And say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold the man whose name is the branch, for he shall branch out from his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. It is he who shall build the temple of the Lord, and shall bear royal honor, and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And there shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. And the crown shall be in the temple of the Lord as a reminder to Helam, Tobijah, Jedi, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. And those who are far off shall come and help to build the temple of the Lord. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And this shall come to pass if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. So in those verses there, the Lord offers Joshua, Zechariah, and all the people of Judah a renewed hope through his promises. So just like the Lord had promised to Zerubbabel to rebuild the, the temple uh, by his spirit back in Zechariah chapter 4, uh, he now specifies how the spirit is going to work through Joshua. So again, going back to some of those previous visions to tie those things back together as he comes to this, as he came and went through this last vision. So the message, the oracle is given to Joshua, uh, contains both promises that are 
contemporaneous to Zechariah's time. It's relevant to Zechariah's time and those uh, that await a future fulfillment. So in other words, when you see these promises, it's about Zechariah's time, but it's also some things that are yet to come. And so God indeed did use Joshua to rebuild the temple in the days of Zechariah. Remember that temple that had laid bare with that foundation for so long? Now it's finally coming to fruition. And the final realization of these promises from God will ultimately come from Jesus Christ who will establish uh, the millennial temple described in Ezekiel 40 through 46 and in the book of Revelation. God's message to Joshua includes some noteworthy things for us to see here uh, in these emphatic promises concerning the Messiah or the branch as he, he describes it here. He's going to build the temple of the Lord, as verse 12 says. He's going to be clothed with majesty and glory, as verse 13 says. He's going to sit and rule on his throne as a priest, verse 13. And he is going to unite the role of priest and king, creating a peaceful counsel between the two of them. That's in verse 13. In Zechariah's day, Joshua's crown would be placed in the completed temple as a remembrance to those men who donated the silver and the gold to create the crown, as you see there in verse 14. And then he says, moreover, there's going to be people who are going to come from far away, presumably other Jews who were, going to be, who were presently in Babylon, uh, who would come to complete the construction of the temple uh, as a validation of the Lord's message to Zechariah, as you see there in verse 15. And so God concludes this vision, though, with a warning. He says this will happen if is conditional. So not all of God's promises are conditional, but this promise is conditional if you fully obey the Lord. It's going back and, and would, have, would have reminded them of the passages in, in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 that says uh, the same thing, to obey the Lord your God. Uh, it would have reminded God's people that the blessings that they have experienced come from God's Spirit and the hope that flows from those blessings are reserved for those who diligently obey Him. So the same is true for us as believers. Uh, in the New Testament, we understand that our body is the temple of God. And because our body is the temple of God, uh, we understand that the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God dwells in the temple, dwells in our hearts when we trust in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. So if you're a believer here tonight or you're a believer at home watching online, know that the power of the Holy Spirit is dwelling within your heart and within your life right now. And here we see the power of the Holy Spirit. There is always enough of Him in our lives to keep the wind and the sails of our spiritual lives. Uh, the, the, God wants us to learn how to continue to, in fact, the New Testament tells us that, be filled with the Spirit. It's a continual filling day after day and indwelling of the Spirit that, that every day when you wake up, it's not about your salvation. You've already got your salvation if you trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's secure. What it's about is you surrendering daily, that you're not rising back up in the flesh and taking control during that day and doing what you want to do. You're saying, Lord, I'm surrendering to you today. I'm going to do your will. And so we see that God wants us to learn to be filled with the Spirit, keep the wind in the sails, because the Spirit's power will work in the lives of, of those who are believers when we obey the Word of God. And when we surrender every day to the indwelling, to the filling, to the controlling of the Spirit of God in our lives, as Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, and when we stay connected to the family of the Spirit, to the body of Christ. It's important for you to be a part of a local body of believers. You're a part, if you're a Christian, uh, of the worldwide body of believers. But it's important for you to be a part of a local body of believers. So you may be at home, you may be in a nursing home, and you're not able to be here with us in person. That's one of the reasons we provide this resource, for you to be able to still have some semblance of being a part of the body of Christ. We want you to know that you're connected here to the family of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let the power of the Spirit dwell in you richly. Let the power of the Spirit uh, well up within you and help you to grow and follow Him each and every day. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. What a powerful message again as we come to the close of these eight visions and then the coronation uh, that happens at the ending of this. The promise of hope, Lord, that, that as the people would have heard this message, what hope that would have brought to them. That not only uh, are they working now on this temple and, and rebuilding it and it's, the work is going forward, uh, there's a great celebration that's coming uh, of the crowning coronation. Lord, I pray that that would be a reminder to us that we're to maintain, we're to continue working, laboring uh, for the kingdom of God until we draw our last dying breath. Because one day there is a coronation that's coming. One day there is a celebration in heaven that's going to happen. And I pray, God, that we will be there and that there will be many that we uh, take with us because we've shared the gospel with them and they responded to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, that the Spirit of God is dwelling in them richly. So fill us, Lord. Use us, Lord, and we surrender ourselves to you. We ask for your will to be done by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I pray that's been an encouragement to you tonight, that you can be renewed by the power of the Spirit in your life. I uh, want to encourage you to be here with us this coming Sunday, if you can. Uh, we'll be here online uh, there at 1030 for our worship service, so uh, be sure to join us there if you can. If you can be here in person, it'll be great. Uh, but just remember all those other events that are going on. Trees of Christmas is going on this week. Uh, parades going on this week. So pray for all those events as we're sharing the gospel through those things that the word of God will go forth and not return void. So you have a blessed week, a safe week, and we'll see you this coming Sunday.